0: Hello, hi, everybody. It's a little different for you all today because we don't have a young guy preaching. Pastor Randy's on vacation. We'll be praying for them. that the Lord will bless their time away. We've got some pretty good speakers coming up in the next few weeks, so make sure that you uh, uh, don't uh, play and go away because the cat's not here, okay? Anyway, welcome, and I want to tell you this. God loves you. I don't care who you are, what you've done, who you are, God loves you. He absolutely loves you. He knows what you've done, good, bad, and different. He made you unique and has a special plan for each of you. And I hope and I trust that you have a desire to see what that plan is and live it to the max. A long time ago, God spoke to our forefathers, our ancient people, through the prophets. And about 400 years before Jesus came, He stopped speaking as far as the written word of God about 400 years before Christ. And the last a prophet in the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. In the last chapter, it's a short book. He's a minor prophet, and they're the ones that wrote just short books, only four chapters. In the first three verses, Malachi chapter 4, he says this, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On that day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. You see, Judgment Day is coming, and all the evil and all the wickedness in this world that seems to be proliferating and just drives us who love truth and righteousness and love, it just drives us crazy. Well, that day of judgment is coming, and the people of this world need to get ready. He spoke this to the nation of Israel. He spoke it to God's people then, but then came the Lord Jesus Christ, He came for you and He came for me. He came to die for the sins of the world. That He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ for anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so He came for you. I didn't figure this out until I was 25. And I surrendered my life to Christ. And he's had an amazing plan for my life. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about building your forever. And there's a couple passages in the scripture that teach us as Christians that our thoughts, the words that come out of our mouths, and the works that we do, the deeds that we do, are very significant to the Lord and will be significant to us. In Romans chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 10, it says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or or you, why do you despise your brother? Let's stop there for for a moment. The context of Romans chapter 14 is about um, people of diversity coming together in the church in unity and they have different backgrounds, same faith, different backgrounds, different practices, and they're um, having a hard time getting along together because of their different practices. And some people are looking down on others and, and, well, that's not the way you do church, or that's not the way you do faith. That's not what the Bible says. And so they were talking back and forth. And one aspect of that in the chapter is What do you eat as a Christian? There were people in the church that were veggie only. I have some children that are vegetarians and and even vegans. And uh, in the church, there were people that said, well, I'm going to follow the way of Adam and Eve as it was at the beginning, and I'm going to eat vegetables. And then some say, well, I just don't like to kill animals, so I don't want to eat animals because if you eat animals, that means somebody had to kill it. And there was other people in the church that were meat eaters. They followed the way of Shem, Ham, and Japheth after the flood, and when God introduced meat into our diets as human beings. So there was veggie-only people in the church, there were meat-eaters in the church, and there was clean meat-eaters in the church that had Jewish background, that God uh, made uh, the law with the nation of Israel, and he gave them dietary standards to see if they would live up to them and be a holy people just by living up to them. And so there were certain animals you could eat, certain animals that you couldn't eat. The animals that you could eat were clean animals. The animals you couldn't eat were unclean animals. So certain, per- certain persons in the churches, well, we follow those dietary laws given by God to Moses, and we're good Jews. Peter was one of those people, by the way. And then the fourth class of people were the, were the holy meat eaters. They looked at the meat and said, was this offered to an idol? because it was in generally uh, general practice in pagan cultures. Was this offered to an idol? Oh, it was. I'm not going to eat that. They'll defile me. That's, that meat's defiled. And so they were the holy meat eaters. So you can see even right away, Romans chapter 14 talks about diet. It also talks about which day of the, the week to meet on. And so there was great diversity in the church already. So there was, as it says in Romans 14:10. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? And it goes on to say this. Romans 14, 10. For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. 12. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now this was written to the church in Rome. And in Romans chapter 1. Let me pull up my scriptures here. In Romans chapter 1. In verse 7, it says to all those in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be saints. So he's writing this letter to Christians, people called by God and actually saints. We have saints here. You've been called by God. You know Jesus is your Savior. The scriptures view you as a saint. At the beginning of the end of verse 6, it says, you who are called belong to, who belong to Jesus Christ. So, he's writing to the Christians in the church of Rome. And he's trying to, in Romans chapter 14, the beginning of chapter 14, try to get them, in the midst of their diversity, to have unity. And remind them that someday, we're going to be accountable before God. And then... In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 we see this concept again for we must we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what has been done in the body whether good or evil so you can see there's going to be a time of judgment for the church not judgment for sin Our sins were taken care of at the cross. The punishment was paid in full. Praise God. Amen? Amen. Past, present, future sins paid in full, the punishment. But we are accountable for what we do as a Christian. If God didn't have something for you to do, He would have taken you up when you asked Jesus to be your Savior, but He didn't. He left you here. So He's got something for you to do. So I'm wondering... How this is going to be taken, how is this going to be measured of what your thoughts and words and, and deeds are all about? How is that going to be measured? Well, I think the answer is then found in First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. Now, there's an outline in your bulletin. If you have a bulletin, I'd be glad to have you follow along. It's called Building Your Forever, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. Now, if you read the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it's talking about the pastors, the elders there. And the Apostle Paul, uh, when he wrote this to the Corinthian church, he was not happy with them because they were, they were fighting back and forth. Uh, they had divisions among them. And if you go back to chapter 1, it's here in chapter 3 as well. But um, if you go back to chapter 1, somewhere pledging their allegiance to the Apostle Paul who founded the church and some to Apollos who who continued after that, some to uh, the Apostle Peter and some even to Jesus, having their allegiance. And if you have experience with multiple staff like we do here, I'm Pastor Jim, we got Pastor Randy, our lead pastor, I'm a co-pastor, and Lord willing next month we may have Pastor Bill, if it's the Lord's will, and you may have a big allegiance to Pastor Bill or Pastor Jim or most of you, Pastor Randy, Um, and some say, well, I have allegiance to Christ and kind of boast about it, but then have no allegiance to the leaders that God put over them, that's not so good either. And so that kind of stuff was going on in Corinth, and they were bickering back and forth and had divisions and strife, and you read about that. Some letters are are written in the New Testament that just kind of, wow, I really want to be like that. But then letters like 1 Corinthians, you go, oh, I don't want to be like that. It points out the bad stuff that's going on in the church that needs to be, needs to be worked on. And so <clears throat> we get down to verse 10 here. Let me go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So if you have your Bible either handy here or take a pew Bible or... or one that you brought? Let's look here. First 10, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds on it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So in the context here, it's talking about, it would seem to be talking about the Apostle Paul and uh, Pastor Apollos and them working and building the church. So I think that's a fair context. But when you ask yourself if we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we're all going to be judged for our service to the Lord and our actions, thoughts and words and actions for the Lord, how is that going to take place? And I think the principle is made very clear here. And even a little bit later, it gets very specific as in, wow, I think that applies to everybody and not just these pastors. So I want to say that in fairness at first. Well, let's talk about building here forever. First, You must begin with the foundation, the foundation for eternity. And that foundation, we see in verse 11, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, already done, past tense, which is Jesus Christ. If you want to go to heaven, if you want to have eternal life, if you want to live forever and have that life and have it abundantly, the only way is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. It's very clear in our Baptist faith and message that we believe here, we preach here, we teach here, we hold firm here. That the only way you're going to get to God the Father is through God the Son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 says you have to believe in Him, receive Him, and you're born again. You're born a child of God. So if you're not, if you're here this morning, you've never experienced that putting your faith and trust in Jesus Please do it today. Please do it soon. You're gambling with your very soul. You don't know how many breaths God has left to give you. So that's the first thing, the foundation for eternity. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes the Father except through me. He's the authority, the very Son of God, the Creator, Jesus Christ himself. Emmanuel, God in the flesh, the Scripture also says there's salvation found in no one else, for there is no other name, no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. It's Jesus. He is the foundation. Once again, all the way through the New Testament, it's taught, preached, it's very clear, it's very conclusive, and that's the way it is. God said that. We stand firm upon it. And that foundation is the foundation. So you got Jesus? Yes? Good. Good. No, you need to get them. Amen? Amen. We see here the uh, illustration of the rock. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, we see this confirmed verses 24 to 27. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24, 25, 26, and 27. Let me just read the first two verses, verses 24 and 25. This is Jesus speaking, and he says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Now, who is that? Everyone who hears Jesus' words, the words that I'm speaking today, hears them and does them, and puts them into practice, and appropriates them for his own or her own personal life. In the next two verses, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Those who are ignorers of what God has to say today in this generation Say, I don't need Jesus, I'm all right. It's like the man that fell off the 10th floor building and he was falling down. And As he passed the 5th floor, somebody heard him say, I'm okay. Well, yeah, for the brief moment. So, the illustration of the rock, you've got to have that foundation, that rock foundation of Jesus Christ. Hearers and doers and not ignorers. Well, it says back to, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It says that foundation must be laid in your life. Back to chapter 3. I laid a foundation, Paul says in verse 10. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, verse 10, or verse 11, excuse me. So you've got to have Jesus in your life. I'll move on from there. Pastor Randy made this so, so clear last week if you were here when he preached on 1 John chapter 5 about everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born again, verse 1. He went on to explain, we're not talking about a momentary decision, but a decision that is life-changing. How do I know you're alive today? Because it's hot in here and many of you are fanning. Oh, you're alive. Okay, got it. Life signs. If you're born again, if you have the Spirit of God in you, you're gonna have spiritual life signs. It's a good one of those is coming to church, by the way, or Sunday school to hear them learn the word of God. Praying, all these spiritual disciplines that we do as Christians because we love our Lord and we want to obey Him. Those are good signs. The Lord knows the heart, but those are good fruit that we see. Anyway, the foundation must be laid down. And then, what do you do next? What do you do next? Look what it says there. I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. We're talking about what we do after we receive Christ. Let the building Begin. Suppose you just ask Jesus to be your Savior. What do I do now? Well, the Bible says you should uh, be baptized as a believer and then listen to God's teaching of His Word in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Um, but what we see here, what we see here, is about what that Christian life is all about. It's like building upon the foundation. So, point number two of the outline this morning. <clears throat> you should build with enduring materials. So we're back to verse 9. It talks about that we're God's building. So what we're seeing here is your life as a Christian, if you're a Christian here today, is represented as a temple or a building that reflects your life as a Christian, of the service of your life until God takes you home. And that's what this is all about today. So my My goal here is that you recognize this and you say, I want to build the best temple. I want to have the best reflection of my life for Christ that I can be. And that's what this sermon is all about. So you should build with enduring materials. Look at verse 12, okay? Verse 12 says, now if anyone builds, anyone, okay, builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones. I'm going to stop there. Valuable Material. Gold, it was then. Silver, it was then. Precious stones, it was then. Uh, Not much compares to gold for most people. And guess what? Those things are still precious today. They are enduring. They are valuable. They are precious. And when you, it says, if you're building with these, this is a figure of speech that says, I'm going to think good thoughts for the glory of God. And if a bad thought comes to my mind, i want to squash it and get back to the good thoughts that bring glory to God. I'm going to be very careful and guard my words because I want my words to be a reflection of Christ. In Sunday school this morning, my wife talked about a situation of somebody getting off on the wrong side of the bed in the morning. And I said, we're going to talk about it at church this morning. We all have those days, those moments when we're tired or irritable or this or that or the other thing, and we bark out at somebody. And uh, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do that. Or well, maybe, maybe even better if we do do that, say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lynn. I, I, I shouldn't have acted that way with you. I shouldn't have been harsh. I shouldn't have said those uh, uh, words. Maybe I should have looked in the mirror and see what kind of face I had when I, when I said those words. When I, when I have things like that, I need to back off and say, hey, that's not Christ-like. That's not a golden kind of words or a silver kind of words or a precious stone kind of words. If, are, you getting the, are you getting the gist here? And the things we do as a Christian, coming to church, uh, going to work, uh, how you interact with your neighbors or your family or, or people and the things that you do, uh, if you do them and they're good by God's standards and you do them for God's glory, guess what? Your, those things, those thoughts, those words, those works are gold, silver, or precious stones. Now, the verse continues with wood, hay, or straw. Well, they're not anywhere as valuable as gold, silver, or precious stones. They're common. In one sense, they're valueless compared to the others by by comparison anyway, and uh, in what they would refer to is basically falling short of what we just talked about in gold, silver, or precious stones. They would be thoughts, they would be words, they would be actions that basically are, are worldly perhaps, evil, selfish, self-centered, arrogant. Thoughts like that. Words that are unkind, rash, harsh, belittling, cursing, and such more. We know the difference between words that would glorify God and words that don't. We know the difference between thoughts that glorify God because God gave us a conscience. He gave us as Christians the Holy Spirit. He gave us His Word. We know the standard for thoughts. We know the standard for words. And then we know the standard for good deeds too. But make sure that the deed is not done just for goodness sake but for the glory of God. Then you're in that first been that first uh, warehouse of gold, silver, and precious stone and not taking them out of the wood, hay, and straw. For when we do stuff with the wood, hay, and straw, okay, that's put on our temple and that's a reflection of who you are. And when life is all said and done, when you uh, go to be with the Lord or the Lord comes back and takes us all, you've got this temple, you've got this building that is a reflection of your life. We don't see it. God sees it, but it will be made manifest as we will see So my challenge to you today, you should build, please, of enduring materials, gold, silver, precious stone. Your choices matter. Your thoughts, your words, your works, they matter. Let's go to the test. Let's look at verse 13. Each one's work will be made manifest for the day. will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work Each has done. The day is coming. We read about in Malachi the general judgment day of the world, and it's going to be a sad, sad time for the world. But for us, when we go to heaven and the day comes, amen, the day comes, guess what? Judgment day, the Bema seat, that's what that's called, the judgment seat of Christ, the, the judgment seat of God, the Bema seat. It's going to be a time of celebration for most of us. When God celebrates our works, that day will reveal it. So, how is this going to take place? Well, it says it's going to be manifest. So it will be seen. And the results will be forever. The results will be unchangeable. The results will be a reflection of our love and service for Jesus Christ as Christians. And it will reveal, as it says here, the quality of each one's work. So you're building your forever as you live and breathe each day. And someday that will be revealed to all. Back to 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, written to Christians, just like the book of Romans was, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil good or evil, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, or straw, good or evil. So be reminded of that this morning. Be mindful of this this morning. So what is going to happen? It says, because it will be revealed by fire, the fire will test what sort of uh, we'll test what sort of work each one has done, and as we look at the next two verses, we'll see how that all pans out. But I just want to say right now, let's have the love of God manifest in our life in everything we think, do, and say. One of the verses that speaks to me a lot is 1 Corinthians ten thirty one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever I do, up here, up here, there was my 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 hands and my feet, my whole body, do it for the glory of God. Simple verse, 1 Corinthians 10.31. If you do that, then you don't have to worry about the gold, silver, and precious stones, the wood, hay, and straw, because you'll be doing gold, silver, and precious stones because it, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. So fire will come along. Certain, mirror, <coughs> certain materials, when you put them in fire, guess what happens? They're burned up. When I lived in Northern California, we couldn't burn yard stuff in the summer until we had the first rain, and they allowed us to do uh, burning. And I remember one year, I had this stack of tree branches and stuff. It was about as tall as I was. And I, <clears throat> I put a little bit of an accelerant on it to get a good start. And I put a match on it far away. And I had some hoses out there. The, the surrounding area had already been wetted wet, by the rain, so I wasn't worried about starting a wildfire. And then burned, and it was like, wow, look at this big fire, you know, and it's, wow, I should have had my hot dogs out there, my marshmallows, a weenie roast, and after a few hours, that fire, that stack of wood went, when it was all said and done, there was some dust on the ground, it was completely, completely consumed, and that's what happens to the wood, the hay, and the straw when it goes through the fire. Does that make sense? Everybody with me on that? I also, a long, long time ago, when I was in college, I worked at U.S. Steel for a summer job, and uh, the first summer I worked in the boiler plant, I got a chance to tour the, the plant and, and see steel being made with the ingots and everything, and the, and the molten steel and the, and the slag, the impurities would come up, and they'd scrape them off, and they'd keep doing it until it's pure. By the way, the best thing I got out of U.S. Steel was a wife. I saw this hot blonde there, and I go, oh, I'm not so interested in steel, but I am interested in her. I ran into a guy once at a football game in northern Indiana, and I said, well, what do you do for a living? You know, just to talk to him. Oh, I work at U.S. Steel. I said, really? Oh, I'm a career guy. I've been there my whole life. And they go, did they treat you well? Yeah. And I said, I worked there a couple summers. I got a better deal than you. And he looked down on me and go, what? How could that possibly be? And I said, I got a wife out of it. Let's shut him up. We're going 50 years strong here. Amen. Amen. So fire purified that steel. Fire burns wood, hay, or straw. Let me buy a show of hands. Let me show a, a sad show of hands. How many have ever been in a fire where your building was, or your church, your, your home, or, or something... Personal was burned. Raise your hands good and tall. Yeah, too many of us. I'll never forget the smell of fire. Never. Never. So let's look at the last couple of verses here. Verses 14 and 15. So here's the, here's the story here. The day will reveal your temple, your, your building, the reflection of your life. It goes through the fire. And this is what it says. There's two responses here of individual materials that comprise this, this building. Verse 14: You'll receive a reward for that which was survives. And it says, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation, on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. Obviously. That is gold, silver, and precious stone materials enduring, valuable, non-perishing, purified by the fire. Wow. That'll be a reflection of your thoughts, your words, and your deeds that you did for Jesus. I know Kelby's going to get a good one. She brought a friend to church all the way from Washington. Way to go, Alex. Way to go, Kelby. There's some gold and silver there. Praise the Lord for that. I could talk about rewards for a while because the scripture talks about them it talks about crowns but I'm just going to take God's word here if what he anyone anyone kind of makes it personal to all of us has built on the foundation survives he will receive a reward thus says the Lord it is written what reward God knows we will know everyone will know and everyone will know for all of eternity There may be some pastors up there that have a pretty lousy-looking building afterwards. And you go, what? What? They're pastors. Let that be an encouragement, Jay and Rocky. Just because we have the title, it doesn't mean that we're super Christians. Pray for us. You want to be commended by God? Build with gold, silver, and precious stones. Now lastly, verse 15, If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Hmm. So some people will suffer loss. We saw that again. In 2 Corinthians 5:10, for we must all appear. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due him for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And you're not going to be rewarded for evil. That's the wood, hay, and straw, and you're going to suffer loss for that. How sad it is that you get up to heaven for all of eternity. People will see you and go, "Oh, I guess you didn't love Jesus very much." Or maybe that's a a, a judgment because maybe you were brand new like the thief on the cross and he got in by the foundation of Christ. So don't be too quick to judge. Don't be a judge. We can't be fruit inspectors here. So one can suffer loss for the work that is burned up. Condemned efforts, not commended efforts. Living for self, complacency, A good enough attitude will lend to building with materials like wood, hay, and straw. They'll be consumed like the sticks in my backyard were consumed completely in suffering loss. Now, there are people out there in the church talking about diversity. We mentioned diversity at the beginning. By the way, in our member directory, there is a, a, a prayer page at the beginning to teach us how to pray and the very first one on here pray for our witness of unity in diversity if you can understand that christians were different at the beginning and i gave you the the eating differences and then their worship day differences that difference has been multiplied greatly today because we have so many denominations and i'm not saying denominations are bad they're actually practical in a sense and they've uh... that's part of god's whole plan In 1 Corinthians 12, he compares the church to a human body, and if you're into anatomy and physiology, you'll know that there's all different kinds of components of the body, megally different. If you're a cell on the face, and you're a cell on the rectum, guess what? There's not a whole lot of comparison there, but they're all connected with the blood. In town, there's so much diversity today, and so we come from different church backgrounds, different practices, but in Christ. We can be one. In Christ, we can work together. In Christ, we can plant a church that glorifies God and send members away for the glory of God with joy and happiness. Not a contrived kind of unity, but a real kind of unity. When the Spirit of God is in charge, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, there is unity. So when we walk in the Spirit, there is unity more today. And it it really is a sign of the Christ working in us. So, having said all that, look at the end of the verse. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Part of the diversity in the church today Pastor Randy's made it very clear in preaching through 1 John, and John, there's some people that say, well, you can lose your salvation. I personally don't believe that at all. That's a whole nother sermon. But can we agree to disagree on certain aspects of faith that are not the essentials, like the end time stuff and uh, the charismatic gifts and all kinds of stuff? We can be one in Christ even though we have diversity okay, as long as we have the true foundation and be able to get along. But some people are going to go like this and like this. And some Christians are going to build their life story, the representative of their life, out of wood, hay, and straw. And when the day comes and the bama comes and they go through the fire, and guess what's going to happen? Almost all of it is going to be consumed. Everything's wood, hay, and straw certainly will be. And they're going to get out with What? What does it say they're going to get out with? The foundation. And you know what that tells me? They're going to be in heaven. They're saved. We go, how can that person possibly be saved? Well, God knows. If they have the foundation, yes, indeed. Because we're not talking about verse 15. We're not talking about loss of salvation. But it's talking clearly about loss of reward. Amen? Everybody see that? Are you following me today? So, this morning we saw, building your forever, you must begin with the foundation. Two, you should build with enduring materials. And three, you will bear the results of your work. So, what is the application of this sermon this morning? This application is for believers, followers of Jesus Christ. This is very, very important. Romans 14:10, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, and 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15 here. Live for our Lord, always and everywhere. Two, be intentional in your thoughts, in your words, and your works for Christ. In your works, I made up a word. I made up a few words in my life. It's called minop. It's my military background, operations. Right, Mike? Ministry Opera, uh, opera, or opera, operations or, or opportunities too. Minop Use both. Those are good works I do for Christ. I said, what can I do for Minop today? Oh, and last week, let's see, I'm going to come to VBS every day. And I'm going to be there and I'm going to teach if, I, if they need me and I'm going to um, carry bottled water if they need me. And Amy Shinsato, if you ask her, she'll tell you what else the Lord allowed me to do last week. That's a good up. I'm going to do it for the glory of God. I'm going to smile on my face. I'm going to, I'm going to bless people and, and let them see Jesus in me. I'm going to be intentional. One, live for our Lord. Two, be intentional in your thoughts, words, and works. And think gold, silver, or precious stones. Number three, for any Marines we have here, we had a young man by the name of Alan that was working here last week. And he, I said, what are you going to do, Alan? He said, I'm going to be a Marine. Whoa. My dad was a Marine. Lynn's dad was a Marine. Simplify. Always faithful. And you know what? Maybe you should be a simplify Christian. Always faithful. Always ready, ready to go. Have a Marine attitude. And number 4, let me just tell you this. Tell you this. Tell you this. Choices matter. The choices in your mind the choices in your words, the choices in your works, they matter. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and straw. And I'll tell you, there are consequences for those. Okay? If you're using wood, hay, or straw or evil, there's consequences for evil. Don't let the evil one deceive you. In number five, if you could throw our picture up here, Erica, number five. The Bama seat is ahead. You see that diamond sign when you're going down the road and it's yellow? It's supposed to catch my attention. Curve ahead, 25 mile um, you know, curve or whatever. It's a yellow warning sign. Well, here it is for you today. The judgment seat of Christ, the judgment seat of God, called the Bama seat, is ahead for each and every one of you. Let's be warned. Let's be encouraged. I pray my prayer for you, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, you'll be gold, silver, and precious stone people in your thoughts, in your words, and in your works. And again, if you're here this morning and you don't have the foundation, you need to get the foundation. Let's close my sermon in a word of prayer. This is my prayer of invitation. If you need to make some decisions in your life about your thoughts about your words about your works or if you need to ask christ to become your savior do that today if you're here as a believer and you've never been baptized by immersion we'll do that for you if you're here as a attender a, vi- a tender, and you haven't put your faith uh your church membership you haven't moved your furniture into Calvary baptist we would love to have you amen bill we would love to have you and work together unity but yet diversity, let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today that you are a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. We come before you now, many of us who know you, who know your son, who have your son in our lives. Oh, Father, help us to be those who would build our forever with gold, silver, and precious stone kind of thoughts and words and works that glorify you. Good works, good thoughts, good words that glorify you and not those that would be wood, hay, or straw that would fall short and glorify ourselves or someone else. Oh, brother and sister, if your life isn't what it ought to be, would you ask Jesus now to to fix it? Some area of your life, you need to get it fixed. Would you just give it over to him? He hears you right now. While some are praying, if you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, would you do that today? God loved you so much that while we were sinners, he sent his son, Jesus, his only son, his beloved son, to die for you so you could live for him. He is the Savior. He's the only Savior. He is the foundation. Ask him to come into your life right now. Say, Jesus, I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've ignored you. Please forgive me. Please change my life. I'm willing to follow you I believe you died on the cross for my sins, as the Bible teaches. And I'm willing to follow you and change my life and give it over to you and let you be my master and Lord, and I will walk with you. I will be a hearer and a doer of your word, that my foundation might be on the rock. Invite Jesus in today if you've not done that. That's why you're here. It's a divine appointment. And brother or sister, again, if there's something in your life that you need to decide on, do it. Do it right now. Where our hearts are tender. Father, hear our prayers. We love you. We thank you for the foundation of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the warning of scriptures that we are building our our forever, whether we realize it or not. To you be the glory in everything. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I will hang around after church, so If, you know, Pastor Randy usually has to go in there and pray. I'll hang around after church if you'd like to talk to me about brother or sister, about something. um, I'm the pastor for the next three weeks while Pastor Randy's on vacation. We've got some good quality deacons here and some very um, godly women here. If you need to talk to somebody, any of you need to talk to somebody, come and see us. We want to talk to you. We want to help you in your Christian faith and your Christian walk. So I'll hang around here afterwards. God bless